Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot. Yeah. And who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, Boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. Yes. Good afternoon, this is Dr. Mills inside the HBC Sports Lab. With Mike Washington, Charles. Bishop Mike Washington still on assignment. It's my understanding he's traveling the airways uh, to Brazil, of all places. Man, I tell you, some people just have the most fortune in life. Uh, I'm just trying to figure it out. <laughs> Until he told me, he promised me, he's going to give me tickets. Um, I'm waiting. I'm playing. waiting, so I'll get off his back for this moment. I want to make sure I get my trip. But with that said, welcome to episode 456 of Inside the HBC. Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash with all things HBCU sports. From institutions large and small, from the NEIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic program in the business of HBCU sports. Simply put, we just call it HBCU sports pedagogy. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to KCOH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Fame, multi-Hall of Fame, Ralph Cooper in a beautiful home at Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. With that being said, Charles, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Doc. Another Thursday. We're closing in on another weekend where we have some great uh, football action. We got closing in on the last of the volleyball and we got volleyball championship next week. Man, it's closing out. You're saying appropriately. You just did the soccer championship, volleyball championship is on its way. Football season is narrowing down, and basketball kicked off. In some yeah, ways, I'm sad. Hot. The first part of the fall season is coming to an end. We're getting into the winter sports. So that means football is almost at the closure, but that means we got a lot of good things to think about as well. So we'll see how that goes. With that being said, we have one – Brian Fulford in the studio with us. How you doing today, Doc? I'm I'm doing well, Doc Charles. Good to good to be on with you. Uh, what what is it that you said, Mike? Uh, does what what is his profession? I I might be. I love teaching. I love coaching, but I I'd love to get to Brazil. So I mean, <laughs> I, I, I might need to I might need to uh, call Mr. Washington and make a career change if I can get to Brazil faster and sooner. I understand. Yeah, the band did his. His undergraduate degree in chemical engineering. Oh, Jesus. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's a different type of character. If you had not know by now, he, that was at Prairie View. I was there. He was there year four B. And came over here and did the executive MBA program at Texas Southern University. Did some all school classes program. So, dude is quite brilliant. So, I don't know. He's in environmental uh, 
management, I guess, is the industry management. Um, only he can talk about it. Toxicology, all that kind of stuff with that chemistry chemical uh, analysis and feelings and he basically makes sure that all these plants that these people make all this good money on and allow us to do all that he makes sure they don't like blow up and unfortunately if they do have like some issues he's the one that goes in there and comes and mitigates it and say hey y'all need to do this get your butt over there then he goes up all those folks and say hey this is what you need to say on television this is this is what's going on so he's in all of that so the dude really does really well. Uh, I guess that's how he gets to go everywhere. But I'm trying to figure out how he got this job where it's like international. And then, <laughs> you know, one of the parts of it is like Germany one time. He went France. And then all of a sudden Brazil, Mexico. So the dude just like, uh, I don't know. Let me, let, I don't know. See, see if Let's, they would have told me, if they would have told me that at the recruiting table, that you get to, <laughs> I might have gone from, Journalism and, right. and uh, business right. over to right. chemical engineer. Right. I was, Olivia, I'll struggle through this engineer. Yeah, I'd, I'd have sucked it up for a decade trying to get there. <laughs> At the end of the day, Brian, guess where? You'd be in Brazil. Oh, sir, that's all you had to tell me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. That's, that's what he does. How are you doing other than that? I'm doing well. Doing well. Basketball season has started, so uh, the, the grind – for me, has begun, and uh, I, I love it. But it makes it makes me miserable at times. But I but I love the misery. No, no doubt. Had a great show on ONG Strike Zone. For those that didn't catch it live last night, you can go back on BCSN Network and check it out. A lot of great interviews, a lot of good information. ONG, those uh, gentlemen are kind of spoiled over right now, Charles. I guess mm. they're getting the feeling of how you were spoiled over the last two years. It's kind of nice when you're king of the ropes this early part of the year. But with that being said, shout out to G Boom Holly. He's sitting baseline shooting Phoebe Lady Panthers basketball game. So again, I told you basketball's in effect. So he's doing it uh at the most as that looks like right now. Let me go to you, Charles, to get some updates in terms of weekly. We said volleyball coming down. I think this might be the last weekly updates in November seventh, yeah. I guess it is. No doubt. Let's take a look at the SWAC Volleyball Weekly Honors for November 7th. Southwestern Athletic Conference is in previews. Kylie Owens, Lee Lawson, and Bailey Hewitt, along with Florida A&M's Brooke Hudson for the SWAC Volleyball Weekly Honors for their impressive performances during this past week of conference play. Let's take a look at the Offensive Player of the Week, and that was Kylie Owens. She assisted the Lady Panthers to their 10th sweep of the season this past week. She tallied 19 heels, four service aces, 21 digs, and one block assist during Purdue's conference wins over all corn and southern. Defensive player of the week was Hudson. Looks like this looks little... okay, Brooke Hudson. There we go. Brooke Hudson, Brooke Hudson recorded her double digit digs for FAMU uh, in their wins over Mississippi Valley State and Jackson State this past week. She set the Rattlers single new single season dig record. Wow, 558 digs. Breaking her previous mark of 553 digs. And the Saturday she's week nice. was nice with pretty it. nice. Yes, indeed. Leah Lawson. Leah Lawson, she averaged 11.6 assists per set, compiling over 70 assists during two preview wins this past week. She leads the conference this season in assists per set with a mark of 8.74. Lawson also ranks first in total assists in compiling, get this, dot, 918 assists in 105 sets. 
So that was Leah Lawson. She is the setter of the week. And the newcomer of the week was Bailey Hewitt. Bailey Hewitt contributed 25 kills and four blocks and six sets this past week of competition. She led all attackers with 14 kills during the team's victory over Alcorn. On Monday, Hewitt had 11 kills in three sets. She rounded out two days of action with two assists, 17 digs, and four blocks. So those are your SWAT Volleyball Players of the Week. I see fam useful the party for Prairie View, man. They had three of the four folks getting off over there, getting it done. Shout out to Kylie Owens, uh, daughter of Terrell Owens, getting it done. Boy, I tell you, she's been shot. Oh, really? Quite okay. a bit. Yeah, that's that's the daughter over there that folks talk about. She's showing out on her own right, showing that she got those skills. Um, doing big things over there at Prairie View and University. With that being said, let's go to the MEAC. Brian, what do you have for us on the MEAC side of things? Well, the MEAC Volleyball Honors, uh, North Carolina Central's Emmy Modlin uh, was named the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference Player of the Week, presented by Coca-Cola. Delaware State's Ella Sanders was named Rookie of the Week, while North Carolina Central's Bella Deringer earned Setter of the Week honors, respectively. Howard's Claire Simpson was named Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, Miss Modlin, a sophomore from uh, sophomore from Pinehurst, North Carolina, averaged 4.78 kills per set with a .343 hitting percentage on the week. She posted 21 kills and a four-set victory over Maryland Eastern Shore on Friday and followed with a second 20-plus kill performance, putting down 22 kills in a five-set match against defending MEAC champ Dell State on Sunday, setting a new career high in kills. Mm. Modlin averaged 2.11 digs per set, including 11 digs against Delaware State for her fifth double-double of the season. Uh, that's a lot of kills, by the way. You yeah, know. it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot of kills. Uh, rookie of the week, uh, Miss Sanders is a freshman from Albuquerque, New Mexico. She totaled 19 kills on the weekend, averaging 2.71 kills per set with two assists two service aces, three blocks, and 17 digs. She collected a double-double in the five-set victory over North Carolina Central with 15 kills and 12 digs. The setter of the week, again, was Miss Deringer. Uh, she is a junior from Muncie, Indiana. Shout out to Indiana. Average 9.11 assists and 2.56 digs per set in North Carolina Central's two matches last week. She posted a new career high in assists with 46, wow, in Friday's four-set victory over Maryland Eastern Shore while chipping in four kills, 10 digs, two aces, and two blocks. Uh, Derringer followed with 36 assists and 13 digs as well as two kills in a five-set thriller against the reigning MEAC champs in Delaware State. Everybody's just having a field day against Delaware State, right? Mm. Uh, and, And, of course, the defensive player of the week, Miss Simpson is a sophomore uh, from Plainfield, Illinois. She averaged 4.09 digs per set over 11 sets played. Uh, she tallied 16 digs and five assists against UMBC and racked up 23 digs and three assists and a five-set win over then-undefeated Coppin State. Good stuff there. Good stuff. Charles, you got some other news you want to share before we get into this break? Yeah, let's take a look at the MEAC. They announced their 2024 basketball schedule on ESPU. 
ESPNU. Um, Miak announced his basketball television schedule for the 2023-2024 season on ESPNU. The schedule features four regular season matchups, including three men's conference games and a double header feature, uh, both a men's and women's conference matchup to close out regular season play. Uh, Slate tips off on ESPNU on Saturday, January 6th, when defending Miak champion Howard travels to Durham, North Carolina for a noon tip-off against North Carolina Central on Monday, February 19th. North Carolina Central, they head to Norfolk to take on Norfolk State. That's a 9 p.m. game in Eccles Hall Arena. Uh, the game will air at 9 p.m. on ESPNU. The season finale features a doubleheader of men's and women's matchups on Thursday, March 7th, featuring Howard at Norfolk State. The women's game tips off at 5 p.m., followed by the men's game at 9 p.m. The games are a rematch of the 2022 and 2023 MEAC Tournament Championship. All games that are televised on and ESPN Network will also be available on the ESPN app with TV Everywhere credentials. Good stuff, good stuff. With that being said, let me go to you, Brian. What other news you got to share? Uh, well, I, you know, I don't know how deep you want to get into the CIAA's uh, new uh, exclusive, well, actually their extension of the exclusive multimedia rights agreement uh, with Vaughn. Wagner, um, the CIA and Van Wagner, uh, a leading collegiate athletics marketing agency, agreed to a new long-term uh, term agreement, cementing the commitment of both organizations to continue, to continue their successful collab. Um, the two partner, uh, the partnership was initiated in 2016 um, as the two joined forces, as Van Wagner joined forces with the conference to assist in maximizing the commercial value of the CIAA's athletic programs and championships. Uh, Van Wagner was appointed as the exclusive media rights and licensed partner to commercialize specific media rights related to the conference's athletic programs. Um, in, the, in an ever-evolving landscape of sports, college sports, Van Wagner played a pivotal role in ensuring the CIAA's viability and visibility during times of uncertainty. Um, good stuff, good pretty, stuff. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, there, there's a lot more there on the bone, but uh, it, it's a good, it's, a, it's when things are going well, uh, you got to keep things going. And so good to see that the CIAA and uh, they found a partner that's done good work for them and uh, good stuff there. Good stuff. Before we get in this break, let me give a breakdown. We'll spend some time on the SIEC championship game as we did on Tuesday. We did the CIAA. If you hadn't saw it live, you can go back and check it out uh, on demand. YouTube, Dr. Kaviz, inside the HBC Sports Lab. With that being said, Benedict College Tigers and Albany State University go to Rams Center uh, to kick off in the rivalry championship showdown. In a season-thrilling victory, steadfast determination stage is set. For a thrilling championship showdown of Albany State Golden Rams face Benedict Tigers in the most anticipated game of the year, 2023 SIAC Football Championship presented by Cricket. Sounds like they're trying to sell this thing out, aren't they? With mm. that being said, Lakewood Stadium this Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. It's 12 high noons Central Standard Time. You can check it out as they are getting it done uh, in terms of that big-time matchup. Where to watch it? You can check out the Cricket Available streaming on ESPN Plus, 
and ESPNU, um, 11 p.m. that night on tape delay. With that being said, let's get out of here and get into our first break. We'll come back on the other side and get into some mid-major marching sport, bring in our guests and see what your thoughts are in terms of what we did this week. Not a lot of changes. Things are shaping up. No upsets this week, but things look really good as we get into this last week or so before the announcement for HBCU Sports and before we name our own champion. We'll see what that looks like. Stick with us as we come on back on the other side. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. You're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics. There's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillars of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? If you press the analytic data with your hip-hop, if you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who the ball, so listen to Professor Yes, sir. Yes, sir. and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Wills inside the HBC Sports Lab. Uh, we welcome back to Dr. Wills inside the HBC Sports Lab. Obviously, today we have Charles Bishop, as always, joining us is Professor Fourfoot. And now we got another professor in the building, Professor Hooks, adjunct today. Going to bring us in some information, if you would, on the SIC championship game. You can check him out on HBCU football uh, on Twitter uh, as he gets it done. Skeeky historian what he goes by as well. He's all knowledge about the SIC. Enjoy his information when he pulls up those newspaper articles that go way back. Uh, so um, I'm delighted when I see those as I learned so much from him. He also joins as we had on Tuesday, Stephen Gaither as well as um, Ferguson D2, uh, as he gets on there, they do their thing on D2 HBCU football on HBCU game day. You can check him out there, bring in great information. Uh, I really appreciate his style, if you would, in terms of how he tells everybody, slow down a minute, slow down, yeah. just slow down, get the information before you come out here <laughs> in these internet <laughs> social media streets and just dropping bombs and giving your thoughts. Do some homework. I love it. Appreciate it. Welcome to the show. No, thank you all for having me. I'm glad to be here. No doubt about it. With being said, we're going to get into our HBC Major Division Marching Sports Top 7. We'll get everybody's thoughts on this, Kendrick. You can say your thing. You know, we want you back, so be careful how you treat my mid-major. Just kidding. Just kidding. You say it. Okay. Say <laughs> As we get into it, uh, 
not much changing this week. We did have quite a few contests, if you would. Um, nobody dropped out, so we're going to jump right into it at number seven. Videndick, Marching Tiger Bands of Distinction. They went up against Allen this week in their classic, and much like how the game went, the band got it done. So they improved to 3 uh, 0 on the season, 2 0 in the conference race. They had number seven, 105 points. Bringing us to number six, Albany State Golden Rams Marching Show Band have gotten the action of late, kind of going on a trend, particularly over the last couple of weeks. They're 3 0. They got it done against Fort Valley State. Uh, so not only did they have an upset on the football side, they also got it done in the marching sport during the zero quarter halftime and fifth quarter, getting it done in that classic over there. Bringing us to number five, Virginia State, the Trojan Explosions. They stay up there, and they got it done against Virginia Union in that matchup. Virginia Union took it to uh, Virginia State uh, on the football gridiron, but in the band and in the stands, not so much. Uh, they improved a 4-1 on the season, 3-0 and in terms of their conference race. That being said, number four, Clark Atlanta, Marty Marching Band. Better be glad they got a band in Atlanta over there at Clark Atlanta. <laughs> Not too much going on. The green are a little tough uh, to get going, but the band is bringing some pride. In fact, they're undefeated, 3-0, and just three matchups. But to their credit, 2-0 in the conference race, they get it done. There's more house built out of the victory. We know what happened off the field with the head coach, so it looks like the band directors on both sides are safe. We'll leave that talk much longer for later. Langston Marching Pride, they're in the mix, able to stay at number three, even though they hadn't had a contest for a while. They're 3-0, 2-0. Uh, they do have one first place vote, 152 points. They stay at number three. They're in the mix. Bringing us to number two. Uh, this number two had some action going on in terms of what that looks like. As we get into it with Winston-Salem State, Red Sea Sound getting it done as they improve with their a big victory over Fayetteville State. That's another one of there where the band got it done as they improved to 5-1, 5-0. There's been a lot of action lately. Particularly sounds like after they came out with that announcement that they were number two, they just got in their group. They earned two first place votes. Um, so they got one there, 161 points to stay at number two as Winston Salem State Red Sea of Sound continues to get it done. At number one, see what uh, Kendrick thinks about this. Miles, that's Purple Marching Machine. They got it done over Tuskegee. So Tuskegee got <laughs> the upset on the field. Uh, I mean, got upset on the field, but Miles, but Miles Band got it done as well. They improved to 5-1, 4-0, five first-place votes. They lose, lose a vote there, but they stand hot and heavy, 164 points, ranking number one. With that being said, we're going to let our guests, Kendrick, come in here and go first. What are your thoughts on the mid-major marching sports top seven poll rankings in week number 10? I'll just say that, you know, um, I, I I hate my March and Crimson Pipers aren't in there, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, well, I, and I, I'll tell you, you this. Love. Um, I like I'm really glad about it. <laughs> um, I'm really glad that we're having this and um, that the fans are getting the highlight in the conference. Uh, one of the things that uh, has bothered me that, you know, prior to like the last two years, the bands really took a really hit in the SIC. You saw mm -hmm. a really decrease. You saw like those older band directors start to retire. 
And there was a shuffling of new band directors coming in. And uh, it just seemed like the, you know, a lot of the band programs had kind of lost their, their, um, you know, um, their way a little bit. And so to see them like bounce back, to see the Fort Valley starting to pick back up numbers, to see Albany State uh, pick those numbers back up. And then the struggles that Clark Atlanta band had, to see them on the list, I think that's amazing. I, you know, I thought it was a shame that their band program went down to almost not having a program at one time. Um, this about four or five years ago, you know, it was like eight. They had like eight members um, in the band. So to see them bounce back that way, um, I think that's truly an amazing a testament. And I hope we continue to support our bands um, in the conference. Good stuff. Some great insight when you talk about that. Shoot, some major division bands, they seem like they have eight drum majors. You're talking about eight bands. <laughs> 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 I might be off uh, fudging a little bit, but you know, it's something. Right. Charles, what are your thoughts on the marching sport mid-major division in week number 10? Well, let, let me ask Kendra this question because I'm curious about this now. Like, if when you take a look at this top seven, what what is a, a band that you think is underweight or underrated that we should be keeping an eye out for? Great question. Um, I like Central State. Um, I like Central State Band a lot. Um, I've even tweeted out about them. Um, I think Kentucky State this year they they've taken a step back, um, but there's there's a lot that goes into that. Kentucky State is one of our institutions that we want to pay close attention to because of the struggles they're facing um, right now, and, and having a legislature that just is seems dead set on underfunding them and seeing them close their doors. Uh, so the fact they even have a band program, I think, you know, is is amazing at this point. But I think those two um, are really two bands um, that's good. Uh, one of the things I want to say, one of the narratives was when it first came out for people who don't really follow SIC football, they just thought Miles was the big bully um, in the conference. But there are really some quality bands in the conference mm. that they don't back down to Miles just because Miles is the biggest. You talk about the Benedicts, you know. So um, Miles, you know, I mean, they're the biggest, and they can go up against the SWAC bands as far as size-wise. But, I mean, um, they're bands that battle them. I mean, our band went probably like a seven, eight-round fifth quarter with them this Saturday. So there's a lot of quality bands there. But just to answer your question, I would say Central State. Okay. Still, mm -hmm. Any updates other than that? Well, yeah, I mean – I think you see uh, Winston-Salem State, that they've uh, climbed, they've ascended uh, to be uh, one of the top bands in the ESPN ranking. So I was curious to see where, where you're going to have them here in our rankings, especially when we take a look at, at the battle. So I was curious about that battle between uh, Miles and Tuskegee last week. So that's a uh, great insight, Kevin. Good stuff, good stuff. Brian, what are your thoughts on the top seven? Well, okay, so – What's interesting looking at the number one team, the number one band, excuse me, Miles. And and again, I'm going to juxtapose this against another poll, uh, uh, you know, another band ranking poll. Uh, obviously, the, the ESPN band of the year. Seeing Miles number one in one poll and number eight in another, you know, it, it's. It's like if somebody had all of a sudden put, uh, I'm trying to be nice here, somebody had decided to put Hampton number one in the, in, the, in, the, in the poll here on week number 10. You know, I'm just saying, if somebody did that, I, I, you know, that's what it feels like. But, you know, I, I'm, and I, and, I, and I say that because Miles is ranked eighth on the latest ESPN band of the year, but they, they've earned, I guess, their, their stripes in the band competition whatever 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 uh uh whatever performance 
yeah, whatever whatever criteria or performance is getting them rated so high on a week-to-week basis, they need to send that video into the band <laughs> of the year competition <laughs> so that they can be so that they can be better judged. Now, you know, Winston Salem State is number two in, in the in the uh uh in your rankings or your poll and number one in the other. So that one seems okay. The uh you know look I did not know their name was the the Red Sea of Sound. I mean that just sounds um that sounds vicious. A red sea of sound. That that just sounds like I don't want to be out there on the ocean when that thing is coming around. But but anyway I I'm just yeah that's that's all I'm picking at. But uh, it, it, you know, it, it's interesting. It's interesting to say the least. I think it's great discussion, especially in the band community. So, uh, congratulations to Miles and congratulations to Winston Salem State. Mm. Man, that's a perfect fastball. I want to remind everybody, uh, the ESPN Margin Sports they have these criterion that they go by. Obviously, sound, um, and we go by some of these criterion, marching style, uh, volume, and things of that nature. But the big component of our poll ranking is the fact that the band has to be in action. Yeah. It has to make sure that they have a matchup against another band. That's how we match up. So there's some weekends where some bands do not get on the road. They don't go up against another band. And the reason we do that is because over the years we heard the band talk about how they are sport. Marching sport is one of the terms you hear thrown around that they talk about. Well, if you're a sport, in my book, there's a winner and a loser. So all this little nice little band competition, that's great. Y'all judge it. Y'all do what y'all want uh, and keep it moving. I'm not a hater, so whatever. But in terms of this band, you want to be the best band in the land. And this whole, you got to get out there and you got to find a way to get into action. You got to support your band. got to know when to play, when to be quiet, when your Mm. quarterback is under center. Mm. You got to be engaging your fans. Mm. Those are some of the criterions that we look at. And most importantly, you've got to participate against another band so I can select a winner and a loser. And those that watch it with me, they do the same. We want to know who came out of the competition with the W. We don't care about you having 5,000, a couple of 10,000 million fans <laughs> voting for you, saying that you all nice and stuff like that. That's beautiful. You go on them other places and vote your heart out. It ain't going to work here. It's not going to work here. Kendrick, they can't get it like that. <laughs> Brian, not today. In fact, I'll give you the F squared. That's how this professor is going to judge you, Charles. You know about the F squares that we have over here at Texas Southern University. When the folks Very don't know so. what they're doing, they don't turn in no work, playing with Put that F squared in your life. With that being said, we're going to go to our last break. We'll turn around. We'll bring back on the other side. Just make sure you know. Just want to make sure everybody know out there. Play with me if you want to. <laughs> CDW, we get speed is the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. Nope. Nope. Want him? Ooh, I like him. Quick 
The Quicker Picker Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker upper. That's a pretty tight spot. Watch this. Of course your view works itself. That's so you. It's just up here on the right. Of course you know where we're going. That's so you. Kind of got a sixth sense. And a head-up display. They're here. Hit the field, warm up. You brought all these players in your Buick? Yeah. So you. It is. There's a Buick that fits your life. Because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. If you press the analytic data with your hip hop, if you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who the ball, So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBCU Sports Lab, all about the SIAC championship game. It should be a big one this weekend. Fascinating to see what goes down in this matchup. As you know, it is the SIAC championship game. You have number one, undefeated, the only undefeated HBCU program, Benedict Tigers, 10-0, 8-0 in the conference race. The versus Auburn State that come in at 6-4, 6-2. One of the hottest teams uh, in the SIEC at this time in terms of how they finished beating up on their rivals. They got good fortune with some other upsets in the league, but they did what they were supposed to, and they find themselves in the SIEC championship game. I'm fascinating. Told you this will be on ESPN+. Plus. You can see it on tape delay on ESPNU. With that being said, we're going to open it up again with Kendrick. What are your thoughts on terms of this matchup? Any surprises, any things that we need to consider that we hadn't thought about? Um, outside of the weather, um, I think this game is going to be a, a game that kind of puts Albany State, you know, I mean, they've picked up a good little run um, towards the end of the season. I think they're playing their best ball now. Um, and, and I just want to say hats off to Coach Gray. You know, he's a new coach, had to come in, learn his personnel. And I don't think that's um, – I don't think we talk about that enough, coaches having to learn their personnel. So you see a lot of shifting. And they were able to pick up some wins along the way. You know, had two really tough uh, games to start the season off with Wingate and Valdosta State. Um, and then, you know, he kind of got into a groove, had the um, last-minute drive by Edward Waters, and that just gives me nightmares. Edward Waters did that two weeks in a row. Um, they beat mm. us with two seconds left um, uh, on the clock. So the Edward Waters, you know, they was on the run. But I just think Albany State is just going to run into, um, as Damien and the SIC talk would say, a buzzsaw in Benedict. Um, really, when you look over the conference schematic wise and just matchup and size wise, the only team that really matched up with Benedict the last two years has been Miles. And that was like one of the matchups that, that I look forward to, because even Miles one and nine year, um, they played Benedict really tough, only giving up one offensive touchdown in that game. And so this year you see them, you know, take Benedict to the wire for Albany State. I, um, the question is going to be the offensive line is their weak point. Um, they've given up 28 sacks um, this year. And when you talk about a rotation of eight for Benedict, I know we talk about Luberton, we talk about um, Jaden Broughton, we talk about Hannibal, but they have eight capable guys that can pin their ears back. And I mean, they really stuff it. Um, so it, it'll be interesting how uh, Coach Gray tries to, you know, see if he can attack the aggressiveness of that defensive line on Benedict. Um, Coach Gray is an offensive mind, so I look for him to, you know, to try to, pull some things out of his hat. 
Um, it, it's really nobody in the conference right now that can just line up outside of miles and just go toe-to-toe with Benedict. That size difference, I mean, everybody they play, you can see that size difference. You can see how athletic they are, you know, um, against um, other teams in the conference. And um, just for Albany State, they cannot get in those situations where they know they're going to pass the ball because if they do, uh, they're going to take some leaks. Good stuff. Um, I guess on the other side for – Go ahead. I, on the other on the other side for Benedict, um, it's just playing a complete football game. Um, I know their their motto is one and zero, and I said this on other shows. Yeah, they're one and zero. Their folks are Albany State. I'm I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards the playoffs. I want to see them um, really handle Albany State because I really think there's something special about this Benedict team. Um, I think about those years that Tuskegee was undefeated in the conference and we didn't have a shot at the playoffs. And even some of those years, Albany State um, made, you know, you know, decent runs in the playoffs. I think this Benedict team is as much of a complete team as any team in recent history to come out of SIC. So I really want them to dominate this game and start looking forward. Um, I just think they're the better team. Good stuff. Let me let Charles come in here and get just also ask a follow-up question, but to your point, when you look at Valdosta State, they're 91, uh, top 25 up there with Benedict. I think when you go into regional rankings, you have Benedict 1, Delta State 2, and Valdosta 3 to give you some points about how this goes into the playoffs. Um, and so good points when you really get down that. And that Valdosta team is coached by an HBCU guy, um, Texas Southern University alumni for that matter. So it's I'm kind of got my eyes on them as well and seeing maybe that potential Benedict uh, about us the state matchup in the playoffs. Uh, it looks like Benedict, even if they lose this, uh, they should be in the playoffs. But the question will, how much will that affect their seating in a position maybe to hold on to the number one seed, which means they get the buy. So great components there. Charles, I have this as the one and seven matchup. Albany State just jumped in the poll rankings last week. Where are you going in terms of your thoughts on this? Or again, maybe there's a, Follow-up question you wanted to ask, Kendrick. You're welcome to do this. Well, well, the follow-up question for me is, in a, in a lot of ways, this game reminds me so much of Jackson State versus South Carolina State in the Celebration Bowl a couple of years ago. Uh, a lot of people did not, you know, uh, factor in South Carolina State with regards to knocking off Jackson State, but they did it. So make an, if I'm an Albany State Golden Ram fan, make an argument for me in terms of what Freddie Gaines brings uh, to this offense, Deontay Bono, in terms of some things they can do to sort of uh, knock this Benedict team, I guess, off the pedestal a little bit. Because it looks like a, a classic David versus Goliath matchup. Um, well, one of, the, one of the things, they're going to have to play mistake-free football. Because when you look at that Benedict team, discipline is, is going to be the key word for them. They're never rattled. Uh, when Miles went up on them with about a minute left, it was just like, okay, whatever, we can go out here and 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 we can score. Now that scares me for them in in another sense because if things don't go their way, you know, are they too relaxed to think, you know, at some point in time, you know, it'll just come together. So it's like they have mm-hmm. to stay stay focused because you look at that third quarter in that Miles game, they just kind of got relaxed. Um, I don't think you can do that to Albany State. But one of the things that I feel like Albany State is gonna have to prove, they're gonna have to prove that they can protect their quarterback. Like that's that's just it. Um, that's been Benedict's thing. They they haven't had to blitz much. They've allowed, you know, they play that that four two five. Um, they have that rover, you know, if that's the terminology they use in Kilpatrick. 
Um, he just kind of floats the field. You, um, he's all over the field. And one of the things that Miles did, they always kept their tight end eligible. Give him a job. Can't can't let him float all over the field on you. And so um, I don't think Albany State really has shown me a lot of tight end packages this season. So it'll be interesting. Is that something that they try to, you know, use? Because there is film, you know, that, that – and I will say that I've been a, a little disappointed that teams have just tried to play with Benedict this year um, and not really attack them. And we've seen when Wingett played them last year in the playoffs, they attacked them using that tight end or different tight end sets. And, and that's how Miles stayed competitive with them. So I think if Albany State wants to – uh, be competitive, they're going to have to use their tight ends um, in this game. You know, even if it's just a decoy, you're going to have to give um, that that Roman defender, um, that loose out linebacker that, you know, that makes the 4-2 instead of the 4-3. Got to give him a job. Mm. Brian, your thoughts, and then a follow-up question for Kendra. This is a hard one to to really look at and find an angle that favors Albany State, to be perfectly honest. I, I'm just going, you know, I know Charles mentioned that the the Jackson State, South Carolina State, and I thought about it, and I'm like, yeah, but at least, you know, South Carolina State had pros on their team. You know, that team, they even had some pros. So I guess yeah. you can kind of look at it and say, well, they got pros, we got pros, let's go. I, I don't think Albany, you know, it's not like that for for Albany State. I, I, I agree 100% with what, Kendrick was saying you've got to play mistake-free football. I guess that's the first thing that comes to mind. Um, what I do like about Albany State is they have found ways. You know, they they were up seven, uh, 17, was it? 24 to 7 against Edward Waters. Uh, I was there for that. I was, I was trying to figure out. And then it was just like all of a sudden they gave up just three long drives. Then they showed their medal the next week. I mean, when literally they were written off. I mean, I, I wrote them off. I gave them about a 1% chance to be here. And look where they're at. So I, I'm just saying, this this team has the ability, but I, I just really, I don't know. I, I really don't have, I, I can't find a good question to ask you, Kendrick, because I don't know how Albany State is going to pull this rabbit out the hat. This might be one of the greatest upsets in uh, black college football this season because Benedict is probably going to be a 21-point favorite. And so for Albany State, I love Quinn Gray to death. Love him. Former Rattler. FAMU legend. Man, if he pulls this off, though, woo, I'm telling you what, they're going to they gonna, they gonna write a – they're going to build a statue already in Albany, Georgia for him. <laughs> I, I, I'll say this. I think also um, it's probably going to feel more like a home game for Albany State um, being in Atlanta. Um, it's hard to beat Albany State in Albany. Um, Miles saw that. Um, it was like a learning spirit. Miles go down there and like they never got off the bus. Uh, <laughs> got to beat forty eight to seven. Um, and and a lot of people are like, oh well, they're starting quarterback down. Well, they almost beat Benedict with their second string quarterback. Um, and it, I mean, they dominated us the whole game with their second string quarterback. So I don't think it's much fall off um, between Klein, Peter, and their second string. Um, actually, I think he gives them another weapon because he's he's more mobile. Um, that Klein Peter is, but um, I think, I, and I'll say this: uh, what we haven't really seen from Benedict this year is that running game really just take off the way. Uh, when you look at um, Zaire Scotland in the backfield, I was really expecting those guys to kind of reach that, you know, almost get that thousand yard mark this season. 
Because that's been one of the areas that I was like, okay, I feel like teams have kind of clamped down. You're going to have to make them one-dimensional, one but they have so many weapons that even if they are one-dimensional, they're, they're still effective. Um, they have Dennis um, at quarterback, and he's serviceable. I mean, he he gets the job done for them. He's not going to put the ball in harm's way. Um, I think what he went five games with no interceptions. Um, he has twenty six hundred yards on the season. Um, you know, I know we do a lot of talking about David Wright, and and I think David Wright deserves a a lot ton of respect. But he also has seventeen uh, interceptions. You know, mm. and look at um, Dennis. Dennis, I think he has four on the season, four or five on the season. I just think this Benedict team is together, but I've counted Albany State out this whole season. I, I'll be honest. I've said that on every show. I didn't get them a shot, and look where they are. So, hey, the game's played on the field, and I know they'll be amped, and I know their crowd will be there. It's just um, – it's, it's, Coach Bear, you know, you hear those talks. He has those guys ready to go, man. This is Kendrick Hooks of D2 HBC Football. Uh, as you can get it, their show partnering with Stephen A. Gaither and Ferg. With that being said, is that defense for Benedict that good? 8.3 points a game, if I'm correct, there nine touchdowns. Give yes. me up six field goals in 10 contests. Do you believe they're as good as advertised in terms of what the data would tell us mm-hmm. they are? So in, in, in years past, um, and I talk about this a lot, um, every year in the national poll, you get a bunch of HBCU defenses um, in the top 10, uh, top 10, top 20. And when you talk to people outside of the conference, their argument is they're never concerned about that. When we go to playoffs, even if we have a higher seed, those schools never feel like they're the under, underdogs because their argument mm-hmm. is our offenses are so bad um, in the conference. Um, you've seen our offenses upgrade. You know, um, not to knock on my CIAA um, cousins over there, but um, they have nine teams in the bottom half, the bottom uh, 30 of offenses. But um, the SIC has made some strides. We have four teams um, in the top 50. Um, So they face some different offenses, some different styles of offenses. Um, The conference has kind of changed from uh, three yards in the cloud of dust type of offenses that you would normally see in Savannah State, Kentucky State, and Albany State. And now, you know, they're seeing a variety of different types of offenses. So I think that bodes well for Benedict having to have seen so many different styles of offense and still been able to be dominated, more dominant than they were on last year. Good stuff. Good stuff. Again, this is Kendrick Hooks of D2 HBCU Football. You can catch them as they get things done. You can follow them on Twitter as well. That D2 HBCU football guy uh, gives you a lot of great information, as you see on the SIC. Dabbles in there and make sure you're caught up on the CIAA and can just get it done uh, on HBCU football talk for that matter. Great insight, great mind. Anything else you want to share with us before we let you go, Kendrick? I just, um, you know, I I, I want to congratulate the SIC. I think, um, you know, we've changed the format. We've got rid of the East and West divisions. And I think it has made for exciting football all the way down to week oh, 10. Yeah. Um, in divisions, lose the game, you know, you pretty much felt like you were out of it. But um, there were a lot of teams still in it up until Saturday. You know, there was a lot of different scenarios that could have uh, – it, it, was, it was anybody's game. And I think um, – 
you know, a play away from here. I, there's a lot of games in this conference. I, I talked to Coach Shade yesterday on the show, and I told him, you know, he's four points away from being a nine and one team. Um, you know, you, you talk about um, a lot of parity in the conference this year. Um, like I said, we got a three thousand yard passer. We haven't seen that in forever in SIAC. We have three over two thousand yard passers, um, and that's something that we had gotten away from in the conference. So to see that um, the conference is filled with young talent. And, um, you know, just just overall, I'm glad the, tra the trajectory, the way that the conference is going. And I hope we keep our coaches in place. Um, and that's a little hint for Coach Barry at Benedict. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Great point. To your point, you know, when you exclude Benedict, you had five teams going in that last weekend, including Benedict. They were in the mix. So that was big time. That's almost half the conference in terms of them fighting and trying to find a way in that championship. You can't get any better than that in terms of that decision. So I'm glad you pointed that out. It was good having you. Welcome to come back as we get into uh, the playoffs and other things. Uh, as we get into the break for everybody, come back on the other side. We'll get into major sport, and uh, we'll catch you then. Any last thing that you wanted to share? It seemed like you wanted to add one other thing or two. No, that's that's all, you know, and just um shout out and 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 support it. You know, uh one of the things I just wanna just say, hey, the SIC CIAA, um, they have a lot of good things going on. There's the Beach Bowl that's coming up, so there's a lot of teams that's vying for that spot. You know, like you said, those five teams, all five of those teams are actually vying for a spot, you know, maybe in, in that beach bowl game. And um I, I just wanna encourage that anybody, their fans of SIC CIAA, doesn't matter who who wins that game? I, one thing I like about the 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 celebration bowl, you see SWAC fans, well, no matter what school, you know, show up. And I just want that the same for the SIC and CIAA. Show up, support, you know, and maybe next year it may be your team. And let's just make this thing um, really big and, and really good. And I appreciate you all for having me. Man, perfect way to close. We'll get into this break. We'll come back on the other side, get into Marshall Sport. Thanks, Ken. I think all pads are exactly the same. Think again. This is always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the always triple protection system. This Padwick's gush is 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented always Ultra Thin's. This is always like never before. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Pika in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Oh, we've got a Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, authentic Caribbean cuisine. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball? 
So listen to Professor Yesler yes, and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Let's get into the major division marching sport poll rankings in week number 10. We do have one new entrance into the poll ranking this week as we had the Grambling World Fame drop out of this past weekend. They had the direct head-to-head matchup, the Alabama State, the Mighty Marching Hornets. Let's see what it looks like at number seven. Texas Southern, the Ocean of Soul, they just come up with these tough matchups. It was a close one again. Uh, they might got it done in terms of what takes in the plan. Be careful of what you ask for when you come against the Third War Tigers. The Ocean of Soul, you might get those Frenchy three pieces at you if you're not careful. With that being said, uh, they do fall to three and two, two and two on the season, 140 points. Previous rank, six, uh, but they come in the poll ranking this week at number seven. Bring us to number six, Alabama State, the Mighty Marching Hornets, and proved a four and two, three and two as they knocked off Grambling and knocked them out of the poll. They jump in themselves, but they go all the way up to number six. Uh, 144 points as they continue to get it done. Bringing us to number five, Mississippi Valley State, uh, the mar- the lean green marching machine, I should say. Stay at four and one, one and one on the season, 158 points, and they stay at number five. That being said, we move on to number four. The Bethune-Cookman, the marching Wildcats, are three and oh, one and oh, in terms of their uh, dance this year, 164, 67 points. And they stay at number four. Bring us to number three, the Southern Human Jukebox. Had the big band matchup. While they didn't get it done on the road, they get it done in the stands. Five and one as they improved to three and one in the conference race. Two first place votes as they increased their first place votes this weekend. 188 points in, but they stay at number three. Bring us to number two, the Jackson State, Sonic Boom of South. Five and one, four and oh, as they get the victory over Texas Southern. They stay with just two first-place votes, but they do improve on the year, and they also stay at number two with 199 points. Bring us to number one, the Norfolk State, the Spartan Legions. Uh, they move to they stay at 6-0, 2-0 in terms of the conference race. They lose the first-place vote to six, but they stay number one with 205 points. They, Norfolk State, the Spartan Legions, continue at the top of the poll rankings in week number 10. Brian, what are your thoughts in terms of – Week number 10, the marching sport for the HBCU major division. Well, first off, the Ocean of Souls should have got the victory over Jackson State. No. Uh, all, 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 all oh. of, yes, yes. Based oh, on what? Right. Based on that three-piece that I saw put on in the stands by that heckler from Jackson oh, are State. Are you serious? That, oh, that, okay. was, okay. that was worthy okay. enough. That was right. worthy enough. You I being heckled, being heckled in the stands. <laughs> being heckled I in the stands. Bam, bam, bam. And then you're still playing the song, didn't miss a beat. Come on, that should have been worthy of more than just making it into the poll. Uh, but you know, that that's just that's just me not being a Jackson State hater. That's being a <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> that's you. A, that that's putting respect. That's putting respect on that Ocean of Souls name. That's all I'm doing. I won't be rolling up into the uh, stands uh, anywhere near that tube section. And nothing but praise and love should come from anybody when you roll, when you see them, when you see them tubas from Texas Southern come marching in. Move out the way. Move out the way. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that was a that was a piece of work. No doubt. With that, Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of the marching sport in week number 10? 
Uh, if you get an opportunity, uh, go check out the fifth quarter between Jackson State and Texas Southern. Uh, epic. And and this is just coming, listening to a lot of people with the band community. This could be Jackson State's strongest band that they fielded in a long time. They have the perfect uh, balance. They they have the, the sound that blows you away. They've gone to Southern. They, they, I, you know how I am about the jukebox. The jukebox to me is a standard. Went to Southern, they, they knocked off Southern. Uh, they're in Baton Rouge. Yep. Uh, every challenge that has come uh, Jackson State's way, uh, they have been up for it. And this past week, uh, they played some some melodies in that fifth quarter that I finally had to be like, okay, yeah, this this is this this band right here is a little different. So uh, they they've taken on all comers, zero quarter, fifth quarter, halftime, whatever the case might be. I I, I got to take my hats off to the Sonic Boom this year. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's fascinating to see what that looks like. This final four, and I think they're going to actually go with five. Then they'll will it down and announce the final four that it will be in Atlanta. Norfolk State, the Spartan Legion, Jackson State, the Sonic Boom, the South, Southern Human Jukebox. I know they're a little off, so the people may have some question there, but uh, you start getting in at uh, North Carolina A&T, A&T, uh, March Machine over there, obviously not in our poll rankings in a lot of ways because of the matchups. Same way with FAMU. They'll be in the mix, not our poll ranking because of the matchups, but that's a different ranking, and they'll be in the mix in that 5-6. Uh, Tennessee State, the aristocratic bands are going to be in the mix. So it's going to be fascinating to see what happens when that final poll rankings of that five come out. One, how it looks against this poll ranking in terms of matchups and being really in terms of those that are exciting to see who's going to book their ticket to Atlanta. Uh, you got to get it done in the stands. On the field, marching in in terms of the zero quarters, that's all part of the judgment in terms of how you perform. It'll be fascinating to see what that looks like. With that said, we'll take our last break. We'll come back on the other side and get into some of these key matchups. Particularly in the MEAC, will it be interesting where a lot is on the line? Can we have the upset of the year? We talked about it in the SIC championship game. You might have that same kind of a matchup in the MEAC that essentially North Carolina Central has the chance to sew things up basically this weekend. We want to see what these guys think about that. We'll be right back after this last break. As technology continues to bring changes to the world of education, it's time we also reimagine teacher professional development. Gone are the days of one-size-fits-all learning that can only be accessed at a specific time and place. The Stride PD Center is an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that allow educators to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. The best professional development plans are those that include a level of flexibility and choice for educators. Whether you're a teacher, school, or district, visit us today to take charge of your learning. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, 
and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. It's never too early to plant the seed. Just press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to allow So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Let's get to our major division matchup. Let's start with the SWAC. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Mumford Stadium, Saturday, November the 11th. As you know, that's 2 p.m. It is on ESPN+. Plus. Mm. You have number 10, Prairie a the Panthers, that improved a 4-5 and five of the big homecoming win against Pine Bluff, doing what they're supposed to do. They got it done. They're on the road at number eight, Southern Jaguars, that fall to 5-4 and 4-2. Four and four and they're looking a little bit of the wounds in terms of how they got treated in Mississippi. Uh, it was not kind in terms of the neighbors there. But just when you're ready to pour dirt on Southern Jaguars, they tend to stand up. We'll see if they're able to do it this time. I will say this. The last time Prairie Vienna came in there, uh, uh, they did get it done. Obviously, oddly enough, the head coach of their team was one coach, Eric Dooley. With that mm-hmm. being said, Charles, what are your thoughts on this matchup with 10 versus number eight? I think the big thing for me is which Prairie team shows up. And I've said all year, this can be, this is an explosive football team. They have weapons on the outside. They have great running backs. And uh, they've had a tendency, unfortunately, to shoot themselves in the foot. This past weekend uh, against Arkansas Pine Bluff is probably the best I've seen them look uh, all season uh, in regards to uh, what they were able to get done defensively, taking shots downfield, getting over the top of the defense, and the defense just playing lights out, flying around all over the uh, place, holding Arkansas Pine Bluff only 12 yards passing. Uh, to me, uh, the question becomes, are they ascending at the right time? And I think uh, with Ahmad Antoine back in this back in this offense, uh, it really opens things up on the on, on the outside. And then you, you could have Caleb Johnson, who could be back this weekend as well. So I think those are two – uh, one, two pieces in the backfield that really kind of opens up things on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you take a look at Southern, I, I don't know mentally where they are. Uh, how much did that Alcorn loss take out of them? Uh, I do expect a little uh, a lighter than normal crowd uh, this weekend in Baton Rouge. Uh, and we'll see how how much that, that affects the, this team psyche going forward. Uh, I think Prairie can go in and get it done. Yeah, you're talking about Brian Jenkins. Junior, you talked about him coming back last week. He got in the mix, so he should be even more involved in it. Uh, wide receiver was held out that came back. So it'll be fascinating to see, as you said, can Prairie View do what many people have thought about it and seems they started it last weekend. But, again, going to you, Brian, there's thoughts that Noah Botton is actually going to start this weekend. Will that be enough to kind of start the engines, if you would, uh, with – Southern finding a way to try to stay in the race because this essentially becomes an elimination game. Whoever mm-hmm. loses this one is certain out. Uh, if Prairie View can find a way to win, they put the pressure on Alcorn to make sure that they continue to win because remember, Prairie View went to the Alcorn State, the Braves, and got that victory on that 50 yard field goal as time expired. So if it comes down to tiebreaker, 
you find a way to see Prairie View going back to Tallahassee versus the Alcorn State Braves going on there, which you hadn't seen in a while. While a lot of people are intrigued about that matchup, although the Braves are probably playing some of the football, particularly what they were able to do with the Southern Jaguars. What are your thoughts on this matchup? Week number 11 in terms of number 10, the Panthers up against number eight, the Jaguars. My co-host Kelvin Rozier will tell me, don't trust the West. And mm. I, he's he's 100%. I, I, don't, I don't trust Southern. Uh, and I and I guess by that respect, uh, Coach Dooley, um, I don't know if one week has all of a sudden cured Prairie View because just two weeks ago, and three weeks ago, and four weeks ago, they were they were they were getting outscored seventy something to seven, mm-hmm. and you know the same way I've heard people talk about Southern, and that's how people were talking about Prairie View prior to homecoming, so. It is was homecoming that magic elixir that all of a sudden made everything right for Prairie View? I, I don't know. I honestly I don't know what to expect. I, I expect a chaotic ending. That's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting <laughs> it I, I really am. I'm expecting it to come down to the last possession. I'm even throwing in and expect to see some kind of overtime. Maybe even two overtimes. I, I mm. just I think this game is, is right for that. And uh, you know, the good thing, I think the drama is that uh, we get a chance to, or I guess Alcorn gets a chance to to sit back and watch. And they don't have to sort of play a game at the same time as this game. And they, they're sort of in an advantage situation where they get to kind of sit back and, and wait and watch. Uh, so it adds to the drama of this weekend in the swag. So that's why I have a feeling that Prairie View will win just because of the drama that we need to go into the last week of the season in which still it could be anybody's uh, race. Good stuff. Well, let's go into what many people think is the main meal this weekend, the big game in the MEAC, Washington, D.C. Stadium. People have been talking about this game since last year uh, when it ended up being a co-champion. North Carolina Central can feel good about it. Howard says they want a chance at the top of the mountain. So you have number one, North Carolina Central, that are eight, one, three, and oh. They're at number nine, Howard Bison, that are five and two, four and one. That North Carolina Central Eagles thing team is actually ranked number seven, top 10 in the nation in the FCS coach. With that being said, what are your thoughts in terms of, Brian, of this matchup? Can the Bison have a shock of the world this week and find mm. themselves in position to hold on and get a celebration bit, sneak it out? You know, had I never watched or heard Sunday's show <laughs> and, and heard uh, Joshua tell us, the, the thoughts of uh, Davius Richard for this game, I might have said, "Yes, Howard has a shot," but I, but I, I, I when I heard when I heard that, uh, there's no shot. No, look, you got a one percent chance. Anything is possible. Albany State kind of proved me on that point. Anything is possible, but the computer analytics that I'm just looking at right now, 
says Howard is just a five and a half point underdog. And please let that be the number that I see Saturday morning when I wake up, uh, because I will be, I will wake up like it's Christmas morning and I will be <laughs> doing a happy dance. Be like, yes, I will give those five and a half points because I may put a rent check on North Carolina Central to cover by a touchdown or more. Just can't wait. Just can't wait. Can't wait to see what Santa brings me on Christmas morning. <laughs> Good stuff. Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of the matchup? Number one versus number nine, number seven in the nation. I just can't. I, I can't go against North Carolina Central. As, as much as I, I – I, He did I, a nice little pause like he was thinking about it. He was like, no. As much as I want to lean into – you know, this could be Howard's year, and this is this 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 could be the game. This could be the the the, the moment for the Howard Bison. I'm not going against Davis Richard. I, I know better. I, I you know now I, I have to go who, who, with uh, the fighting Josh Sims on this. One. <laughs> hey, let, let me ask a question, Charles. Had Howard not lost, if there if Howard were still going into this game, wouldn't we feel? I think we would all we would both feel differently about Howard. Completely, completely. Uh, especially um, what what hurts, I think, Howard, is the loss of South Carolina State and the way that South Carolina State looked against North Carolina Central. That 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 just sticks out of my mind. And when I saw the, the Howard-South Carolina State matchup, I said, okay, Howard goes down to Orangeburg. They'll steal that win, and it sets up everything great uh, for the North Carolina Central game. And imagine my shock. You know, when the old Sly Fox did it again <laughs> and gets the win over Howard. Uh, speaking of old Sly Foxes, that's Fred McNair of a swag man. Uh, so uh, we can we can compare the two uh, in that regard. But, I, I, yeah, it just takes the lust off of it for me. I just don't think Howard has enough uh, to, to deal with this central defense. And then we've just seen Davis, uh, Davis Richards have the ability to put, put the team on his back when need be. When they're pressed up against the wall – He's the he he's that guy in HBCU football. And he's been doing that for two years. Yeah. Um, so it's not an accident. It's not something that he just kind of no, that's what he does. To your point about Howard, um, you know, you've had some concern with Howard, particularly how they lost to him. When they kind of bounced back, and he was like, all right, conference play. Then they had, you know, the big win where they had to stop Norfolk State for getting it done at home. Then they get on the slow slow and they kind of find a way to win around with Delaware State. You're like, what's going on? You see it and you say, well, maybe they just got a magical season. They're just going to find ways to get things done. But it kind of creeps up in there. And then you go to South Carolina State. You know it's going to be a big matchup. You know the Bulldogs are going to play hard. It's homecoming. They're trying to send out Coach Pugh with the winning record. And so this is your chance to literally make a statement and saying, no, we have arrived. Um, And they can't get it done. And Bulldogs jumped out them big. Now, give them credit. They pushed back and at least made it a game, but they couldn't get over that hump. So it's going to be fascinating. So it's going to be interesting to see how they come out of this game. Can they maybe jump out early on Central to kind of get them on the heels maybe, and that'll make a difference. But outside of that, you're right. It's going to be interesting. And you got Bison fans that wanted to get on board, but um, they're kind of looking apoplectic in terms of this game. So I'm not even sure how much they're going to be in the mix and they're pulling for them at home as they're trying to get it going. So, yeah, there's a lot of reason to get concerns there. We won't go over this match 
championship, but I did want to put it out there because they are number two in the poll rankings that we put out. Um, number nine in that same FCS coaches poll. So you're getting to a place uh, where there could be a point in celebration, bowl that you literally have a top 10 type of matchup between Central and FAMU. It's early. FAMU has to find a way to get it done. They're putting in QB2 in this game against Lincoln. California, Oakland, that comes in at 0-11. Uh, and as I said, number two ranked FAMU rallies at 8-1, 7-0, uh, tied everything up, getting ready for the emotional game against the rival with Tom Cookman. Number nine overall, and then ultimately they sit at home to play the championship game, which is going to be either between Southern, Prairie View, or Alcorn, with Alcorn leading the way and probably the hottest team out there as they play on Sunday against Texas Southern. Everybody will keep their eye to see, literally, depending on how things play on Saturday, the Braves can lock things up on Sunday before they even have to worry about their arrival uh, the following week in the what used to be called the Soul Bowl as they travel up to Jacksonville, Jackson State. I'm sure it's going to find a one to knock them off if their games means anything. That being said, let's come to a close and close it out. Look for us on Sunday as we'll give you all the update and tell you what we saw and what took place and your thoughts in terms of what is going on. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Yadipadil, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the college of HBC Sports with Mike Washington, and Charles Bishop. Today we have in Brian Fulford. Make sure you check out the two members of X's and Old Crew with B.J. Jones, curators at HBC Weekly, Joshua Sims, senior curator of HBC Nightly. Check it out. We had some good discussion last night in terms of what was out there. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab um, as we continue to get things going. If you get a chance, go to uh, the Griot, thegrio.com. Got a chance to have an interview with Daron Snyder, uh, who wrote an article, HBCU Shines, from Stephen A. and Shannon, and Prime is cool, but we want that stolen money. But we get in some other information out there that's pretty good, some quotes that people appreciate it so if you would go check that out again you go to griot.com and type in hbcu's deron snyder to get some love in that with that being said follow me dr yavaville on twitter facebook and instagram d-r-k-n-y-a-t-j-c-a-v-i-l that's inside the hbcu sports lab one on twitter facebook and youtube is inside the hbcu sports lab make sure you check us out tuesday and thursday at six Sunday at 9, some standard time. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Brian? Lecture. Dismissed.